You're listening to the Progress Your Health Podcast, Episode 29. Welcome to the Progress Your Health Podcast with your hosts, Dr. Robert Mackey and Dr. Valerie Davidson, a husband and wife team who specialize in bioidentical hormone replacement therapy and functional medicine. They're here to help you lose weight, balance hormones, and age gracefully. It's their mission to motivate, educate, and empower you to take your health to the next level. And now your hosts, hormone experts, Dr. Mackey and Dr. Davidson. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Progress Health Podcast. I'm Dr. Mackey. And I'm Dr. Davidson. So it is uh, the beginning of January, pretty much the first week of 2018. So happy New Year to everyone. Hopefully everyone had a great Christmas and a great New Year holiday. I know that we certainly did. Oh, absolutely. It was so fun to have our first official, you know, Christmas and holiday season living in Washington, which... Granted, the weather in Las Vegas this time of year is amazing, but it was really nice to spend it with family and friends, especially family because, you know, most of my family lives here in Washington. So it was a really nice time. Yeah, right. Now, of course, that brings up this New Year's resolution time, right? Everybody is trying to get past the holidays and then start off 2018 on a good note. And certainly a diet, exercise, weight loss becomes part of that turning over a new leaf, so to speak. We've been working with people for a long time, and we know that that is a, obviously a common trend, not just for our clientele base, and our patients, but just across the country. People are definitely motivated and excited to get started on their weight loss, fitness, overall improving their health journey. And I can certainly say so for myself, because, you know, having a nice holiday with friends and family, you end up probably eating a little too much speaking for myself, and probably having a little bit too much dessert, a little too much alcohol. So with the patients I've been, you know, talked to, and this happens every year, is the whole goal over the holidays is to not to gain weight, right? We don't want to gain more weight. But once the New Year's here, everybody's ready to hit the ground running. But I think we kind of run into, especially for patients, is kind of run into, well, where do I start? Yeah, right. You know, and that's, I think a lot of people, and we, you and I were, you know, we were doing some planning before this episode and we we're talking about that, the typical approach that people engage in, they, it's the first, especially when we're talking weight loss, you know, using that as the, you know, as the most popular New Year's resolution. How many times have people in the past put losing weight on their New Year's resolution list and how many times has that not worked? You know, that's part of what we're going to talk about today. And if anything, giving people a little bit of a different approach or a different strategy and how to accomplish that maybe for the first time or finally being able to achieve those weight loss goals. That's what we want to help all of you be able to do is achieve those weight loss goals. And that's something very important to us. We know it's important to all of you and certainly to all of our patients. But sometimes the strategy, eat less, exercise more, that idea is sometimes just, it doesn't really get people to where they want to go. Yeah. Like all of you, when you go to the gym, especially after the first of the year, the the parking lot is packed. But once you hit about March, April, May, the parking lot isn't packed anymore because everybody's thinking, you know, let's exercise, let's exercise, which exercise is good for the human body. I mean, we need to develop muscle and flexibility and balance. But if you're looking at weight loss, it really comes down to changing some of our dietary lifestyle habits. Yeah, right. Yeah. And maybe changing, as you said, which is very key, is changing habits in general. You try to do this huge surge of new behavior in the beginning of January. And like you said, by, you know, sometimes by the end of January, certainly by February, certainly by March, 
you're defaulted back to the behavior you did before that quote unquote New Year's resolution. Now, granted, there's a lot that goes into habit formation or habit change. That's some probably a future episode. We'll be talking more about that. That's more psychology and that's a really complicated area of discussion. Right now, we're talking about the diet and exercise piece. We would like to encourage people putting a little bit more energy and a little bit more effort into their dietary piece and maybe a little bit less energy or emphasis on the exercise piece. Because really, especially for the group of people that we work with and the ones that where we see the problems that are manifesting or the lack of success that people are having, it is not about how much or how little they're exercising. It really comes down to the dietary component. And anybody that spends any time working on a nutritional basis with people, they'll be the first to tell you that diets first, exercise is second. Yeah. So how many of you have, you know, those little fitness pal apps on your phone? I have patients all the time. I'm, you know, we're doing a, we're having a consult, we're having an appointment and they pull out their app and they say, look at this, I'm exercising and it's doing my calories. And it's saying I'm actually negative calories for the day, for days, for weeks. And I am not losing any weight. That's because just like we always say, and I'm going to say it again, it's not about caloric restriction, you know, not about eating less, exercising more, because that's going to end up biting you in the bum. And just like Dr. Mackey had mentioned, you know, if you're going to make a habit change, probably the biggest thing to making a habit is to have success in what you're doing. So if you're doing something and you're losing weight, then you're more apt to make that a habit as opposed to you're doing something, you're not losing weight. It's not going to become a habit. Yeah, right. There's like a reward to that, right? You get motivated by the reward. You want to keep doing it because of the reward. You keep losing weight. You're going to keep doing it. And eventually, if you're putting forth effort and energy and you're not losing any weight, pretty soon you're just, you're not getting that reward anymore. And now you're going to, you're going to default to something because it's your brain's telling you kind of maybe in a subconscious way that it's just not worth the effort. Okay, so, and I don't know exactly why you and I were kind of hashing this question out. We don't really know why there's all this emphasis or this push for exercise all the time. And the dietary component is always de-emphasized. And I'm not really sure why that is. I'm sure there's a lot of both human nature reasons as to why there's a lot of societal reasons. There's a lot of marketing reasons. There's a lot of things that kind of go into that. And this episode, basically we're talking about the KCCPR program that we put together, the keto carb cycling program to address the situation, the problems that we see with our clientele base that has been kind of evolving for years and years and years, right? We see the same thing over and over and over and over. And so it's been a culmination of how can we help people solve this problem that in some ways they can never seem to solve it on their own. That's a challenge. Even out there in the marketplace, everyone's telling you to do it a certain way, whatever that certain way might be. And a lot of times, now sometimes it does work. Some people have lots of success. Maybe they're not able to sustain it long-term or they engage in a certain a process or a certain approach and it doesn't work at all. So I mean, we want to you know, kind of just shed some light on that and say, if you tried to do it through the exercise first approach in the past, you know, maybe not, maybe try to do it a little bit differently in 2018. Yeah. Just like Dr. Mackey had mentioned, you know, every year people make a new year's resolution of I'm going to get in shape and lose weight. I'm going to lose weight. And if you're doing that every year, it probably means you're not being successful. So our goal with the KCCP, you know, the program that we put together is to actually for 2018 to lose weight, maintain that. So you don't have that same goal next year. Yeah, right. You can actually move on to something else in 2019 and just, or, you know, part of it is to maintain what you've already achieved. And like I said, it just seems like this, it becomes a 
repetitive thing. Sometimes just year after year after year after year, you know, I know you and have, you've talked to people as well, and it seems like they've been trying to achieve that same New Year's resolution for a decade. There's something wrong with that, and more than likely the strategy that is being employed, because what ends up happening, like we've talked about, you go into the gym, January, the gym is packed, that lasts for a little while, and then you start to fall off, and you start, it kind of disempowers you a little bit because you feel like you failed as a human being. I don't think that people are really failing as human beings necessarily in that respect. I think that the approach they take is just a little bit a little bit different and maybe not sustainable over time. So that's why we're just maybe, if anything, persuading people or hopefully encouraging people to take a little bit of a different approach and try something that we've had some success with with our own patients. And, you know, there's a lot of protocols and programs and whatnot out there. This is something that's really literally been 14 years in the making that we've been working on and kind of developing. And really, I think probably the last year, maybe a little over, actually more than a year, because I remember working on this even, you know, even last January is, you know, this program so that we can make it more sustainable. I mean, everybody can lose weight, but you don't want to lose 10 pounds to gain 15 back. So this is really more of a lifestyle program that we put together. That's why KCCP, Keto Carb Cycling Protocol, that's literally what it is, is we're we're doing a little bit of a keto diet, we're doing a little bit of intermittent fasting, and then we're completing it with some carb cycling to pull it all together. Yeah, right. Because they're standalone. I think they all have some merit, but they also have, you know, kind of like the pros and cons. There's benefits to all three different approaches and there's, you know, some negative things to all three approaches. And what we've noticed, especially working with women like we have that are, let's say in the age range of 35 and older, choosing just one of those and just doing that for the next three to six months, that traditionally does not work so well. The whole weight loss process in general is extremely complicated. And honestly, you and I are still learning about it on an ongoing basis, looking at research and literature and understanding on how this actually kind of plays out in the body, both practically in everyday life and internally from a biochemical hormonal process. And it's really complicated. It's not as simple as eat less, exercise more, or the math equation, energy in, energy out. It's about hormones and enzymes and the environment and stress and sleep and all these different things. So it's no wonder why in our very complicated world that we live in today that people struggle with something like losing weight on an ongoing basis because it's it's tried to have been simplified into this you know very simple thing. Well, if you can't do it, then there's something wrong with you as a person. And we're the first to tell you all that it's nothing to do with you. It's the approach and the strategy first, not the person, not the individual. You know, so... By taking on this new concept, we're hoping that people will be actually be able to have some success for a change. Yeah, and we want to share it with you. So it's actually something that we've, we've been putting together and finalizing and finalizing. And honestly, it'll probably keep changing and morphing over the next few years as well. But we definitely want to share it with you. And it's free. It's on our website. Yeah, so you go to progresshealth.com. You can, you'll see there, there's some links to click on to to get into the content library. Content library is going to be an evolving. We had made an attempt a few years ago to create a content library, but didn't realize that it's very challenging to keep up with all that content. And when we're trying to manage patients and do all those things, it, it kind of fell through the cracks. So because of the changes that we've made for a variety of personal reasons, but also business reasons, now in 2018, we're going to continuously be adding to that content library. Library because there's, you know, there's more, you know, even the keto carb cycling, as we were planning this episode, it is not a one size fits all, right? There's the three different aspects or components to it 
and hopefully as a way for people to experiment with their own bodies and understand their bodies to figure out what is the best approach or the best path for them. For you and I to tell someone that keto diet is the best thing for them to do, we can't really tell people that, right? That's not really appropriate. Or to tell them that a carb cycling diet or an intermittent fasting diet by itself is gonna solve all their problems, you know, not really. But by incorporating a little bit of variety and a little bit of ebb and flow to this process in a structure that goes over time, that ebb and flow, We'll talk about what that ebb and flow means here in a minute. Now it gets people to where they want to be. And like you said, it becomes kind of a a real life sustainable process as opposed to something you're going to do temporarily for three months, right? You know, that approach, doing a diet for three months never works. It'll never work ever. And if anything, it actually sets people up for for long-term failure every time. And that's why we call this a program because it's not a diet. You know, diets don't work. Diet means has so, so many aspects to it, but this is a program, you know, and like Dr. Mackey had mentioned, you know, just going into ketosis or a keto diet isn't, you know, chronically isn't exactly healthy for the body. It's not great for your metabolic hormones and it's certainly not great for your thyroid. Same with the intermittent fasting, you know, there's a little bit of caveats to that that we put in for that KCCP for you to read and implement because intermittent fasting doesn't always just work for somebody. And then we have to do the carb cycling because we do think healthy carbs are important. You know, carb, I mean, I'm a female and we all females know that we like our carbs, but we We like them more processed and refined, but that's not good for us either. So we want to actually implement the healthy carbs. So by doing this KCCP, it really does help keep that appetite down, but mainly not just for the weight loss, but it's mainly about resetting and balancing your metabolic hormones. Because when you balance those metabolic hormones, then it's a a lot easier to maintain that weight loss. I mean, how many of us, you know, back in our twenties would just starve ourselves to lose 10 or 15 pounds only to gain it back. And over time, you know, I talk to women, you know, in their mid forties and they, you know, they really don't eat a lot of food, but their metabolism is shot from doing that caloric restriction or starvation diets that everybody did back in, you know, the eighties and the early nineties. Yeah. I mean, that really, what you just said right there, I mean, that is exactly the genesis of where the keto carb cycling came from is the chronic dieting, the chronic caloric restriction, which is the biggest thing that we both see on an ongoing basis that women are, they just keep trying to do more of the same thing. They just try to keep eating less and exercising more. And if it doesn't work or if they stop losing weight, they eat less and they exercise more only to compound the problem. I had a patient recently, I think I might've mentioned this on one of the previous episodes. She was working out with her bodybuilder boyfriend and of course he was had a fairly rigorous exercise schedule they were engaging in relatively similar you know of course what's appropriate for her and what's appropriate for him he's a fairly bigger guy and she's fairly petite and in like literally like in a year like 9 months or a year she went from 105 pounds to 155 pounds and she was exercising like 6 days a week halfway through she started gaining weight what did her boyfriend tell her to do cut her calories down and exercise even more. So she went from literally 105 to 155. She cut her exercise back to two days a week, relatively light exercise. And without doing anything different, she went from 155 down to 125. So again, we'll talk more about exercise later and what that means and why that may not always be the best approach. But our point of this episode is, like I say, taking a look at the keto carb cycling and really what it's doing is like what you just said, it's getting women away, particularly women, but also men getting away from that chronic 
a caloric restriction mentality, you cannot eat 1200 calories a day or even 1500 calories a day on an ongoing basis and exercise five days a week and expect that you're going to be able to lose weight sustainably and keep the weight off. You're telling your brain literally on a daily basis that you're starving to death and running from a tiger and the body does not like that and you're priming yourself for eventual weight gain down the road. So that's why that approach, it's going to work for a couple of months, maybe two or three, maybe four or five, and eventually your weight loss is going to hit a hit a roadblock. And that's the part that what we develop with the KCCP is to prevent those things from happening. So now the weight loss can be perpetual and ongoing. And this is a lifestyle. You know, this is something that you can still go out to eat with your friends. You can still eat dinner with your family. I mean, I have patients that cook two different meals at night because they cook one meal for their family and the other meal for their diet. So this is conducive to life. In fact, I had a patient the other day, she, she told me that, you know, she lost eight pounds and, you know, by basically having a protein shake for breakfast, a protein shake for lunch and then dinner. And she lost eight pounds in a month and she was super thrilled. And then now nothing. In fact, she's gained a little bit of it back. So, you know, that's not, that's not conducive to life. You know, we got to implement a lifestyle that we can still eat with our families. We can still go to weddings. We can still have birthday parties, but at the same time, we're not messing up our metabolic hormones. So we eventually gain, we gain five pounds. Some people, they might gain 10 pounds a year, but in three years, that's 30 pounds. So our goal is to balance those metabolic hormones. So your body will stay on a baseline so you can have a birthday party, but then you can still eat healthy for long-term. Cause of course we're talking about weight loss. We're talking about acute goals right now, but you know, we think about down the road, you know, we want to prevent cardiovascular disease. We want to prevent diabetes. So I do think that this whole program is conducive to life. It's not that hard to do, but it also has, you know, the long-term effects of improving our health. Yeah, honestly, that's what ultimately we all want. We want the short-term gratification of the weight loss, but really when we boil it all down, what are we looking for in the long run is to, you know, we don't want to deal with any of those age-related diseases that everyone is susceptible to living in the United States because of how we live and how our lifestyles kind of evolve over time. But as everybody says, the researchers, the literature, everything, all those diseases, the diabetes, the heart disease, the cancer, the Alzheimer's, all those diseases are lifestyle-based diseases. And they are literally 100% preventable. Maybe not 100%, but they're certainly, you can stack the odds in your favor by following a process like this for the long term. And that's why we developed it the way that we have, because everything in the body, hormones especially, and as we said about weight loss, hormones or weight loss is about hormones and enzymes. Hormones are very cyclical in nature. They're pulsatile. They ebb and flow. They rise, they fall. They rise, they fall. They rise, they fall. In some ways with the KCCP, it is with you know, caloric intake, it is kind of following that same idea. Your calories rise and fall over time by manipulating the macronutrients, by manipulating your carbon fat intake, keeping your protein intake relatively stable. Now you kind of mimic that over time. The body then, you're, you're feeding the body so you're not starving to death. And then some of those metabolic hormones go down so you're not telling your body that you're running from a tiger every day. Everything tends to balance off and now your body is actually able to let some of that stored energy go, that stored body fat go. As you know as well as I do, everyone wants it to get rid of it around the middle, right? That proverbial belly fat, the weight that they never had before, which they can't seem to get rid of. That's not an exercise problem. That is a metabolic hormone problem. And the cool thing about the KCCP is anybody can do it 
anywhere. So it's not like you have to go buy these expensive supplements or these products that you have to take or mix or eat or drink. It's you literally just need to have a grocery store nearby. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, food is really information for the body and nothing manipulates the body more or hormones more than food. But if we kind of presented to the body in the right way, now we can have a huge impact on those metabolic hormones, cortisol, insulin, and thyroid, and then again, hopefully have the eventual success that we want. So let's kind of break them down a little bit. Let's just kind of really quickly break down the three different components. People have heard these terms. They've heard of ketosis. They've heard of intermittent fasting. They've heard of carb cycling, but they may not know exactly what they mean. So ketosis is the keto diet. It's very hot right now. It's very popular, but it's been around forever. It's basically a fat burning mode. So most of the time when you're eating a carbohydrate based diet, you're running on glycolysis, which is glucose sugar burning. But if you cut down on your carbohydrates to an amount that you can't burn that sugar or run on glycolysis, your body has to switch into burning ketone bodies for fuel and ketone bodies come from fat cells. So if you're in ketosis, you're burning fat. So that's the cool thing about it is everybody is excited because they want to burn fat. Now, granted, being in chronic ketosis is not good for the thyroid. It's not good for your mineral, you know, end up having some mineral electrolyte deficiencies. There's, you know, a couple little complications that can go along with that. And then you end up cutting your calories too low. But ketosis in itself is a great way to burn fat. You just don't want to do it long term, which is why we implemented the second part, which is the intermittent fasting. And then also the third part with the carb cycling. Yeah, right. With the ketosis. Ketosis is a wonderful strategy and a wonderful approach. A little bit hard to pull off, right? Because you're dropping your carbohydrates. Everybody loves their carbohydrates. So that's what happens when people drop their carbohydrates, their calories go along with it. So by implementing the other two phases is a way to, you know, kind of protect people, prevent them from dropping their calories too low for too long. A short amount of time is okay. The body can handle that, but it does not like a drop in calories for an extended amount of time. Like what you said, that's when the drop in thyroid happens. That's when your all the negative consequences of consuming too few calories for too long begin to happen. Now, the next part, the intermittent fasting, this is kind of new. You and I were, when we first got into practice, we were kind of still into the mindset that small frequent meals are the way to go, right? Eat every two to three hours, breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner. Honestly, I still think that approach works very well, right? Women actually do very well with approach like that. But some of the newer research now, especially if someone is diabetic or they have insulin resistance, which we talk about all the time, a conscious effort to reduce the frequency of your consumption throughout the day, actually, you know, that's kind of what intermittent fasting is. You narrow down your window of consumption into a six to an eight hour window, and then you're fasting, quote unquote, you're fasting, no food intake for basically 16 to 18 hours a day. There's some fasts you can go up to 24, and then on a weekly basis, you can even fast for an entire 36-hour window, which really helps to improve insulin sensitivity. And of anything that we've been talking about, that's really the goal of our approach or anyone else's approach out there. It is to improve insulin sensitivity. Insulin goes down, cortisol goes down. Now the body can actually mobilize some of that stored body fat, which is if you're on a chronic carbohydrate consumption diet, you're always burning glucose, the body doesn't really have to burn any fat because the carbs are there all the time. 
That's one of the major problems in America with people trying to lose weight. When I um, talk to patients about intermittent fasting, so you think, you know, typically intermittent fasting is you eat your food in an eight hour window, say, you know, from noon to eight o'clock at night, and then you fast from eight o'clock at night until noon the next day, which is 16 hours. So 16 hours fasting, eight hours, you're, you know, you eat your food in that window. So when I explain that to patients, they kind of laugh a little and they say, well, I already do that. And I don't lose any weight, right? They all, like most, a lot of Americans, they skip breakfast and they, they gorge themselves at lunch and then they, you know, then they eat, then they're full until dinner and then they gorge themselves for dinner. And then they say, well, I'm doing that. Well, the way we do it with that intermittent fasting is a little bit different because you actually want to incorporate some good oils or some good fats in the morning. So you're still eating lunch at noon, you know, noon, one o'clock, and then you still have dinner sometime before eight o'clock and it's maybe a protein and veggie, but Right in the morning when you get up, you actually ingest either some kind of coconut oil or medium chain triglyceride oil in the form of probably close to about 500 calories, which horrifies most women when I tell them that. But because you're doing it just as a fat, there's no carbohydrate implemented with that fat. It actually helps you satiate. It helps keep your energy up. It's good for your brain and it helps balance those metabolic hormones. Yeah. And at the same time, you're raising your calories a little bit to a sustainable level, or at least a little bit more than what you would do without having that for breakfast. And that puts your body into, or it somewhat takes it out of that starvation mode. So your body is, you know, you have a little bit more appropriate caloric range for the day, as opposed to be in that starvation mode, which is what sets people up for long-term failure and rebound weight gain in the end. And like we had mentioned before, of course, you know, chronic ketosis, you know, cutting down your carbs for extended amount of time isn't exactly healthy. And honestly, it's not really conducive to real life. I mean, we've got to have real life is where the carb cycling comes in, because I do think it is important to have some good carbohydrates, you know, carbohydrates help raise up our neurohormones. That's one thing when you're in chronic ketosis after a while, is it can really drop your serotonin. So when you incorporate in some healthy carbohydrates, and we do this in a certain pattern or a schedule, you know, throughout weeks versus, you know, months is, and we have that all written out is by incorporating in those healthy carbohydrates, it does help fill up glycogen stores, which we don't want you to get too bored listening to us talk about biochemistry and glycogen stores, but by filling up your sugar stores in your, and basically in your liver and your fat, and then depleting them in ketosis also helps really rev up that metabolism. And it doesn't put an impact on your neurohormones or your electrolytes or your minerals. Yeah. And it, like you said, it keeps you happy, right? Carbs make us happy, but not to the point where it's going to start to slow us down and we're going to become lethargic and kind of chase carbohydrates all the time. It is enough back and forth. It's enough ebb and flow to the intake. So that way it keeps you moving in an appropriate direction. And then you're telling your body a very good message. You're not starving to death and you're not running from a tiger. And now the body will be you will allow the body in that respect to actually burn those stored energy. The average, I think the average human being, average weight human being has at least about 30,000 calories of stored body fat. But the problem is, is that most of us, especially in America, we, our bodies, we can't really tap into that very well. But what we're talking about with these different strategies, kind of combining them on an ongoing basis, it encourages the body to be able to mobilize that energy 
And then you incorporate a little bit of exercise into that, hopefully something strength training based, and now it creates a lot of synergy, and now your body will start burning fat on a 24-hour basis, preferably the time that you're not working out. You work out for a half an hour, which you don't really need to do more than that, two to three days a week, maybe four at the most, maybe a lighter day, and now the 23 and a half hours that you're not working out is when your body is actually burning fat. So those times where you're not eating, if you're narrowing your window to an eight-hour window, that 16 18 hours, that's when your body will actually literally be burning fat that entire time, not while you're at the spin class or the exercise class or the CrossFit class, because it's really what you do outside of those times where your body taps into all that stored energy. So yeah, we definitely want to share this with you. And obviously you're very enthusiastic about it. It'll always be evolving and changing, but definitely visit our content library and download the KCCP, the Keto Carb Cycling Program. It's free. It has all the information in there. And you know, we always encourage listeners to give feedback. So definitely whether you implement it or you have some of your own experience, we'd love to hear how you, you know, how you find it. Yeah, right. And there's some other resources in there as well, too. There's a hormone guide that we've had before. There's a few other protocols for different things that we see. So certainly it's there for everyone to have access to. And we're kind of pulling back the curtain on some of those things because I think that it's important and they can very well help in there. All, all of it is based on our experience working with our patients directly. So we're hoping that it'll provide you the value that it has provided our patients because we know that it works from years of experience and seeing the you know, the changes in people over time. So just, you can uh, visit the website, progresshealth.com. Just enter your name and email. You'll get automatic access into the content library. And it's like right up at the top. It's just a simple download. You'll have it in no time at all. It's not a huge hundred page book. It's only like 20 some pages with a couple of food lists in there. So it's nothing. We don't want it to be overwhelming. We're just trying to give the fundamentals, the basics, so we can keep it as simple as possible. Because let's be honest, losing weight is not simple. It is a relatively, as we said, a complicated process. Everyone's a little bit uniquely different. Everyone has a little bit uniquely different circumstance and has a different place in their life. However, there are some patterns that we all tend to fall into. So, you know, the goal of it is for you to modify it in a way that matches and meets what where you currently are in life. And hopefully over time, you are still getting consistent success month after month after month. And that way you are eventually able to reach your health and weight loss goals. Yeah. And like I said, I'm going to say it again. We definitely encourage you to, you know, to try this and and give us some feedback on it. You know, we have our patients, you know, that we've gotten all this experience from, but you know, that way we're all learning together. Right. So Dr. Davidson, I think we've given a fairly good overview. Do you have anything else to add for this episode? No, no, no. I'm just excited for 2018. It's going to be a fabulous year. Yeah. So until next time, I'm Dr. Mackey. I'm Dr. Davidson. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Progress Your Health podcast. If you like what you've heard on this podcast, please give us a positive review on iTunes. This allows us to spread our message, grow our audience, and help more people around the world. For more information, visit our website at progressyourhealth.com.